This is Rugga Matrix America. Hey, welcome everybody to the show. This is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com. And we're right in the meat of probably the busiest time of the year with club playoffs, college playoffs, women's college playoffs, and uh, major sevens and national team assemblies coming up. It's all come crashing down all at the same time as it usually does in the spring starting in April. Don't forget the high schools as well. And we are uh, happy to have uh, Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton back on the show talking about all of this stuff. Hey, guys, how's it going? It's all great. Um, yeah, it's, it's the best time of the year. We got all the, all the playoffs getting ready to get going, and uh, Sean's getting ready to play some uh, some games that might be less than 50-point games, and that's always exciting. Yeah, that'd be nice. And you you were at a big game, which we'll be talking about a little bit later, uh, the life Arkansas State game. Uh, and and Bruce, you were at a big game, but of course it was your uh, your New York Athletic Club um, playing well. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing all right. It was my birthday, and and it was uh, I don't think we've ever lost on my birthday weekend. But it, this game happened to be physically on my birthday, and it was a nice way to win, beating Old Blue. And But I think we have a pretty good show going on here, and let's get into that college stuff. Yes, well, let's get into the college stuff. Number one thing we've got is we have a guest, and that is Sean Davies, who is the scrum half at BYU. And hey, Sean, uh, welcome to the show. Um, thanks, Alex. It's good to be here. Well, Sean, first of all, you had a big day on Saturday. It was senior day at BYU, your last home game, your last 15s home game. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, you scored five tries and 47 points. And what's funny is I, I was looking and saying, that's got to be a record. And I'm looking back to see where anybody could have scored more points and, and obviously life winning against Oklahoma uh, earlier this year, 137 to nothing. And looking back at that, Joe Cowley scored. 46 points in that game so you beat him by one um tell me a little bit first of all sean about scoring five tries and scoring so many points and kicking all the all the conversions and everything like that um was was that i don't think that was by design it just sort of fell to you that way what was it like um well going into the game um i really wanted to work on my fitness and trying to get to the ball a lot quicker so you can say I was just lucky that when scouts like Ryan Roundy or Mikey Stewart would get in the half break or something like that, I'll just be there on the hip. And I was lucky enough to get the ball and get five tries, like you said. And then um, the conversions, uh, a lot of them were just in front of post, so I was just lucky enough to make them over. You know, they, they were quite easy ones. Sean, all, one of the first times I saw you play, uh, the, the first thing that stuck out to me was your pre-kick arm swing ritual. But I feel like last time I saw you, you, you were doing it. Have you gotten rid of it? People teased you enough about it. Uh, how did you come to do it? And, 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 have, you, have you shunned it now? Oh, that's funny. You know, all my friends back home saw the game, and then, you know, about 99% of them made fun of me for about a year. So I decided to to change things up. And also, I thought that, uh, you know, the less, less things that I do, there's less things that I can make a mistake on. And even though you would probably say, you can't really make a mistake on that, but yeah, I just try to simplify my kicking routine a little bit, and I just got rid of that. Thanks, thank goodness. Sean, I've seen you play a couple times, and one of the things that sticks out is the pace that you play at. And I think that you know you really try to speed the game up. You really try to play the game. I would almost say at a breakneck speed, um, and I think that's that's very good for BYU. 
Are you con- the one thing that would somewhat concern me about BYU going into the playoffs is that you do give up points. Not that you give up a ton of points, but people do get points against you. And is that due to the fact that you play a heavy offense game or most of the points on turnovers or mistakes that happen when you get loose when there's a little bit of a lead? Or is it something where teams actually can break you down over the course of several phases and pump it in? And and is that a concern to your team at all? Or do you just say, you're not going to outscore us, and if you try to get no track meet, good luck? Well, that's a great question. Obviously, um, you know, one team's just going to score against you. And uh, like you said, we have had a bit of a tendency to let teams score against us. Um, especially if you look at the Utah game, they scored a couple tries against us. And a lot of them were from our mistakes, like the interception try and stuff like that. So we have been working on that and trying to minimize our mistakes. And I think when we minimize our mistakes and play a more structured game, that um, the, 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 op- the opposition will have less opportunities for points on us. And we've been working on our defense a lot. And I think going into the playoffs that we will switch on a little more when we're playing more difficult opposition, I think that our defense will up a notch and that um, we will be a little, bit, a little better at that. Okay, so let's talk about the, the playoffs. You host UCLA in a couple of weeks, and then should you uh, beat UCLA, which uh, I think most of us would say you will do, uh, you, you're most likely going to be taking a trip down to Marietta, Georgia to play Life University. So that's going to be a massive uh, clash right there. Uh, what are you guys talking about now that you're in single elimination rugby? I mean, you've you've been through it before, obviously getting to the final. I don't know how many years in a row now it is, and and uh, um, you know what what kind of um, routine do you have down now? Well, obviously the guys are all itching to get rugby because you know um, the playoffs are just so exciting for everyone. And um, as BYU and the coaches, they always remind us to take one game at a time, obviously. So right now we're just focusing on UCLA. And if we get past them, it's going to be an awesome clash against um, Life University. And I cannot wait for that. Um, still another, our number 10 and I have just been talking about it all year. But if we get the opportunity to play them, it will just be a, a fantastic game. Now, you're... Your uh, you you had senior day, yes, sir. And your 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 last regular season home game. Um, I I understand that you actually have a little bit of extra time at at BYU, and you'll uh, you'll be there. You have eligibility for the fall. Yes, sir. Um, that that that's true. So you might play a little sevens, but but basically, um, you and Dylan arrived at the same time. You you formed a halfback combination for basically the last five years. Um. And and you won't be doing that anymore at the end of this season. What has it been like knowing that you know the two of you seem to understand each other so very well, and that's a big part of the success of the team? Well, obviously, Dylan and I have played together for a long time, as you pointed out, and we're also roommates. So, I mean, we our, sure. our communication is really good, and we often know what the other guy is going to do. But, I mean, it's a team game, and we, we practice so hard with the teammates and everything like that. So, we all know that... If Dylan gets a half break, he's going to have someone who's inside or outside. Then we all know that if someone calls to play, we trust each other to have um, the person where they're meant to be. So, like you say, Dylan and I have been playing together for so long. But, I mean, it's a team game, and the communication with BYU has just been great this year. 
I'm pretty sure you got invited to the Eagle camp, or at least the domestic Eagle camp. I was just wondering if you were excited about that and what your plans were in the future as far as domestic rugby goes, club-wise, Eagle-wise, et cetera. Well, um, to answer your question, yes, I did get um, invited to the camp, and um, I'm just going to be taking it as like, an opportunity and just to gain experience. I'm still young. I'm only 22 years old, so and rugby years, that's still pretty young. So I'm just going to go into it and gain as much experience as I can and just have as much fun as I can too. And then um, going into next year, um, I haven't quite planned out what I want to do yet. I'll look into it this summer and then see what jumps out to me. Yeah, so, so you first of all, Sean, you'd want to be an eagle. Um, yes, I would absolutely love to be an eagle. And uh, the other thing, the other part of it, we just talked about it, the eagles could use a dependable goal kicker. And that is that's an extra skill that you bring to the table, along with uh, being able to play scrum half. Um, yes, sir, it is indeed. Um, I've just been practicing, and now that we've got this playoffs and we have more time, I'm going to be practicing more with that too. Sean, you want to stay in the states after you graduate? Have you decided on that much? Um, I would, yeah, I would most definitely like to stay in the states. Um, while I've been out here, I've, I've definitely enjoyed it, and obviously, South Africa is still my home and where my heart is. But I really enjoy the states and. I'd like to stay yeah, and play rugby for as long as I can and then see whatever opportunities it brings me. Excellent. Well, um, w- one more question for you, Sean. And, and, you know, talking about South Africa, uh, when you when you talk about where you go to university to your friends back in South Africa, do they have any idea about what it's like, what, what uh, BYU Nation is like back in South Africa? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, most of my friends have no idea what... BYU was like um, before I came over here, but obviously now I've spoken to them about it and they've gained a lot more experience. And they've actually, we've been able to show them a couple of our, like our national championship games from 2009 and other various games. So they know a lot about the rugby and I told them all about the schooling system and everything like that too. John, good luck. It, uh, I've seen you play a couple times. I saw you play once live against Cal last year. And I saw you play a couple times on the on the webcast. I think you're a fantastic player, and good luck going forward in the playoffs. And uh, it's it's a pleasure to watch you play. Thank you very much, sir. Well, th- thanks a lot, Sean. I appreciate it. appreciate you uh, taking the time out from your training schedule and your school schedule to talk to us. And uh, um, like Bruce said, uh, best of luck in the playoffs. Thank you very much, Alex. So that was Sean Davies with the BYU rugby team. Uh, he is an excellent scrum half, and and I I do like his dependability on his pass. He's uh, he's he's pretty much automatic there. Uh, so we we talk about running and scoring tries and goal kicking something like that, but um, speed to the breakdown and and dependable service is what you want from a scrum half. He's got that. Uh, BYU guys uh, will be hosting UCLA. And you know BYU has looked virtually untouchable. Well, actually, Bruce, you brought this up, and I, I think you're probably right. They've given up a few points. They gave up 20 to Air Force. They gave up 22 to Utah. Um, still can't see them being vulnerable to. Uh, and I, I like UCLA, but I just I just think they're too powerful. I agree. UCLA is, in my mind, no hope. I don't. I know. I don't mean to be a jerk about it. I'm just. Being realistic. I wonder what a win is for UCLA at that point. I think, you know, 
go there, compete, score some points. In the words of Herm- Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. So there ain't no win without a win. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, don't forget, uh, BYU also has about is, has at least four All-Americans in their, in their uh, forward pack. They have probably the, the biggest forward pack in college rugby, and they can move around. Uh, it's going to be, I, I think, they're really a, a struggle for the Bruins. So let's let's talk a little bit, guys, about uh, D1A playoffs because there's there's more than just BYU involved in it, and uh, and and what's coming up when the, in a couple of weeks we have on the East Coast, Army beat Penn State twenty to nineteen. That was a very dramatic game. Um, Army wins the East. They will host a game, and they'll be hosting Arkansas State. Penn State has to travel to Life on that side. Life played Arkansas State this past weekend, and and Life won. They swept the series there. And then on the West Coast, we've got St. Mary's hosting Utah. Wow, what a game that's going to be! I think I think that's one we're probably going to see. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw over a hundred points scored in that one combined, like a. 51-49 game or something, and then BYU hosts UCLA. Uh, Pat, you were at Life Arkansas State. Uh, I know Life won both of those games. Uh, are, are those two teams all that far apart? You know, I didn't see the first game in Marietta, but uh, in Jonesboro, Arkansas State was the better team for the first, you know, probably 60 minutes. For the first 40 minutes, they looked much better. Uh, they went out, got a 13-0 lead, ended up giving it up right in the game uh, to, to, to Life. I think at the end of the day, Arkansas State was extremely aggressive um, on on defense, coming up uh, blitzing very fast to bottle up those dangerous life backs. And at the end of the game, I feel like they just lost a step of the speed and 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 were just a couple inches away from really stopping the two big attacks that life had. So I think it was just a matter of a, maybe a tad bit of fitness, um, a tad of uh, you know the ball bouncing the, the right way on a couple of plays but no I think they're extremely close I think Arkansas State is a very very good good team wouldn't be shocked if both of those teams advanced to the semifinals at all um yeah I think that they're as good as they as they have been Arkansas State's tough they're very good so so we're looking at there's a distinct potential of an upset um there you know Arkansas State going to Army um or now now okay so here's here's the thing about Army right so, so Army is playing really well together. I don't, I don't think of them as having a big superstar up front in the forward pack. I, you know, you actually get me to name uh, somebody who's a standout in the forward pack. I can't, uh, not because they're not playing well, but they're all playing well together. Um, but they have a couple of, they, they have, they have two or three backs who are are really. Really solid. Uh, I like Kyle Ulsis over the wing. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, Carl Christ in the center. I, I really like him. I think he's passing as well as he's he's big and tough. But of course, and 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 I, and I think there's an argument to be saying that Will Holder is the MVP of the of the D1A simply because without him, they're they're not hosting a playoff game and they may not even be in the playoffs against Navy. He makes uh, an, an insanely good play to uh, free up the winning try. And then he kicks the touchline conversion to win the game against Penn State. He kicks the other conversion, very difficult conversion in in very difficult weather conditions to win the game. Uh, that's that's sort of the X factor. There is that Army has possibly, you know, with apologies to Sean Davis, our guest, possibly the best goal kicker in, in college rugby on their side, which could help them. But Arkansas State could upset Army, don't you think? 
Yeah, I think that the only game where an upset isn't possible is the one you guys talked about, UCLA and, and BYU. Otherwise, I, I, you know, I think Penn State's legit this year. Too. I think they've come a long way, and I think they're growing, and they're a good team too. I, do I think they're going to beat life? No, but I wouldn't be knocked out of my chair to see an upset in any game except for BYU-UCLA. So, Bruce, tell me about uh, two teams that you know fairly intimately, uh, St. Mary's and Utah. Now, that's another game. I mean, really, I, I know St. Mary's hosts this, but, and, and I know that St. Mary's beat Utah earlier in the year, but really, it, it's, it's really hard to pick that one. Yeah, I think it's definitely very hard to pick. I would I'd probably have to err on the side of going for St. Mary's as a pick because they're home, and I think it's difficult to play on the road. I also think that this is this is going to be a very interesting game in that they match up reasonably well, and and I think that the St. Mary's pack has been able to push people around a bit. I don't know that they're going to be able to push the Utah pack around like that. Although it was it was interesting when they moved Andrew Cook out to the flank and they moved uh, Nick Wallace up front, and and that probably makes them a stronger scrummaging pack than they had been. So I think that that could be an interesting move going forward. It is a, it's definitely going to be a physical game. I don't think it's going to be 50 to 49, like you said. I do think the scores are going to be in the low 20s, high teens, only because I think that the commitment and defense is going to be relatively heavy. I'm not particularly certain of the goal-kicking capabilities of either team, so I do think that they're, they may have to go for tries a little bit more often than, than some teams do. Uh, you know, I, I, if I'm picking the game, I'm, I'm going to have to – I would pick the home team. I, But I do think it's going to be a close game, and I do think it is anyone's game. And it is difficult to beat a good team twice. So, you know, that all said, you know, it looks as though it would be, a, you know, 55 45% chance on, on either end. I think it's going to be a great game, and and that will be one of the games of the weekend. Yeah, that will be fantastic. Yeah, the big matchup is that front row. So you've got uh, Mostyn, Vickery, and and Shepard up front for Utah. And I don't know what the mixture is going to be for St. Mary's. It could be uh, Crawford, Wallace, and Cook, or we could see Cook back out to the uh, to the flank, as you mentioned. But really uh, uh, an awesome matchup of front rows for those two. So, um, uh, you know, I, you mentioned goal kicking, and I, I think both of them are sort of sort of got hot and cold uh, goal kickers and they can get points from them and and sometimes they have tough days I like both of these teams I, I like St. Mary's on this as well Pat? I'm going to take Utah actually Utah has the better front row and I think that's probably St. Mary's um, you know one of their biggest strengths I think Utah matches up well with them there and has more electricity elsewhere so I'll take I'll take Utah Okay so Mark Clifton down for the Utes on, also in the West, so BYU hosts UCLA. Uh, I, I think I can guess what everyone's going to pick. So, uh, Pat, you pick first. I'll, I'll go with BYU. Bruce? Uh, I think I'm going to go with BYU. You know, I, I really like what UCLA has done, and I, and I've, I've, good for Scott Stewart. He's done an excellent job with them. They are a good team. Physically, I don't think they match up, and I think it's going to be an interesting lesson for them. But they, UCLA will lose. BYU will win. Out on the East Coast, an Army 
hosting Arkansas State, like we said, possible up, upset potential. Um, I, I'll go. I'll go first on this one. Uh, I'm still picking Army, and I, I'm picking Army. I guess in the end, on the strength of their goal kicking. I'll go next. I'll take. Uh, I'll take the Red Wolves. Uh, I. I can't. I'm obviously a, a fan of these guys. I like the way they play. I like some of their players. I think they're extremely hungry. They pushed BYU to the edge last year. Uh, I think Arkansas State is a very good team, and coming off a loss like that um, is just going to add to the, the fight that they play with. I think that Arkansas State probably is a better team. Um, however, if Army can get the ball to their back line, and can get Will Holder a little bit on his front foot, then I think they have a chance. One, one of the biggest things is that if, if you haven't been to West Point, it's a very difficult place to play. It's a very difficult crowd. The crowd is extremely partisan. The stands can be very loud. They can stomp their feet on the metal stands. I know these sound like like crazy things. It's an intimidating place to go to. You know, you, you are mired in in the history of America. You are, you know, the locker rooms are intimidating. So everything about it is intimidating. It's very Army. It's very West Point. And, and, and the crowd will be very, very heavily partisan. And I think that that gives Army a chance. The, the biggest thing is going to be, can Army get the ball to their back line? Can Army get Will Holder on his front foot? If, he, if they can't, they're going to struggle mightily. If they can, then Army has a, has a good chance. I, I'm going to go with the home team here as well because I think it's going to be a difficult travel. But um, I, I would not be shocked in an upset. I think that that's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked as, as an, uh, an upset on that one either. And, I, you know, I, Pat, you're making bold choices, but I like them. I like the bold choices. Finally, Penn State goes down to life. Bruce, you pick first. I think it's going to be a real again. I think it's going to be a real difficult travel. I think that Penn State had a rough a rough uh, go losing at home to Army in a very tight game. I I think that traveling from Penn State to Atlanta is going to be difficult because it's probably going to be a stopover flight, and there's going to be heat involved. And I think that uh, and I think that that Penn State has a very big pack. It's a heavy pack that could struggle a little bit in the heat. And I think that the, the life back line with Cariaga and Cowley and, and I forget the name of some of the kids on the wing, but they have some real speed, like serious speed on the wing. And I think that the Penn state could struggle with that. And I, and then I think that Penn state's looking forward at, at a guaranteed trip to BYU. Um, so they're looking at, at spending a lot of money to go to life and spending a lot of money to go to BYU and and a lot of and 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 having a big try, I I think life's going to win that game, and I think that that may be a little bit more comfortable of a win than possibly most people expect, but I would probably expect a ten point win. Key on this one, Pat, uh, Cam Dolan's status. I know he had a he had a knock and he was out for a bit. Is he back? He's. I mean, he yeah, he had a concussion last Monday. I don't know if he's going to be back. Yeah. You'd assume that if it was just a concussion, a, your typical concussion recovery rate, he should be back. But, um, you know, Paul Bester got hurt uh, against Arkansas State, too. I don't know how seriously. So I, those are the two biggest name forwards 
Um, and that's going to hurt them. I think that that's if they don't have those guys, it's a serious issue. But even if they do have them, I think people forget how young life is. And their pack is not a big pack. And if Penn State can use their size to their advantage, much the way BYU always likes to leverage their size against their, you know, the other team's pack, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State can, you know, really control a lot of ball because that's where Arkansas State was dominant. Um, for the first 60 minutes, not only with good aggressive backline against Life, but uh, th- their pack pushed Life all over the place. And Life looked lost in the set pieces, completely and utterly lost in the set pieces without Cam Dolan and Paul Bester. So if those guys are on the field, I definitely pick Life. If they're not on the field, I'm still picking Life, though I think it's I think it could be a close game either way. But I, I got to pick Life in Marietta. Shake, yep, shakes it up, doesn't it? Shakes it up when when the the one of the top try scorers in in the league, and also you know one of the guys who you depend on to at least rescue bad ball from the back of the scrum and get go forward and win lineouts uh, is not there. So we'll see. But you pick life, Bruce picks life, I pick life, uh, and, and all of us I think think that um, this is a very strong Penn State team. Um, and, and this is exactly what we want, right? We want uh, eight games, uh, eight teams in four games in the quarterfinals that are really compelling. And in the only, there's only one BYU-UCLA where we look at it and we say, mm, pretty sure who's going to win. Um, I think if a certain team had stayed in the college premier division for another year and said they were going to drop out after, we would have a very compelling eight-team playoff. Tennessee? LSU? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he means Claremont. Claremont. So, so that that is one of the other interesting things is we we don't know what Cal would what their performances would have been like had they been playing league games, but we do know that they lost to St. Mary's, and if we take that result on face value and say St. Mary's would have beaten them in the league, then we would have had Cal traveling to BYU in the quarterfinals, which would have been awesome. Utah and BYU, would they meet in the semis or would they meet in the final? St. Mary's and Utah is paired with Army and Arkansas State. So if if the number one seeds win, St. Mary's goes to Army. But if Army is upset by Arkansas State, Arkansas State has to travel to St. Mary's. If Arkansas State and Utah both win, so you've got two uh, number two seeds, Utah would go – would travel to Arkansas State. Utah can't host and Penn State right. can't host. So the same thing on the other side, BYU versus UCLA is paired with uh, Life versus Penn State. If BYU and Life win, BYU travels to Life. If UCLA beats BYU, uh, UCLA travels to Life. If Penn State beats Life and BYU wins, Penn State then travels to BYU. My head just exploded. Yes, that it, it, it's perfectly clear. Uh, it, it's it's pretty compelling stuff, though, because in the end, what you have is you're probably going to have BYU play life and going to have, well, any one of something like Utah versus Army or St. Mary's versus Army or uh, St. Mary's versus Arkansas State or something like that, and all of those are going to be great matchups. So um, I don't know. That's pretty. Basically, at the end of the day, BYU is going to win, and anything can yes. happen. And, you know, and stay abreast. It'll, you know, you'll be, you'll be updated as to okay. what's going to happen. So BYU is going to win. You got three toss-up games. It'll be great to watch. It'd be awesome if they were web streamed. 
We will be right back and talking about the other divisions in men's college rugby uh, right after this. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Hi, this is Chris St. here from the Penn State University men's rugby team. Um, come out and support the Nittany Lions at the U.S. Sevens Collegiate Rugby Championship in PPL Park on June 2nd and 3rd. If you want to get tickets, go to usa7crc.com or help support the Nittany Lions at rugby.psu.edu and buy your tickets through there. Hope to see you there and go Nittany Lions. Well, we, we wrapped up, I think, in a really messy, you know, you, you know when you wrap up a, a gift and you're really bad at it and you get newspaper and you use about 17 pieces of, of scotch tape, that's kind of what we just did to the D1A thing. We wrapped it up, but it's, it's, there's no pretty bow on the whole thing. Um, we, we are moving on, though, to the D1AA playoffs because they're coming right up. And uh, we've got 16 teams left in, and I'm going to go through the brackets real fast and then and then we're going to sort of check in on a couple of these brackets. The first bracket has Wisconsin playing Missouri and Davenport playing Texas. The second bracket, Dartmouth plays Shippensburg, Stony Brook plays Northeastern. The third bracket has Oregon State playing Santa Barbara and San Diego State playing Santa Clara. And then the fourth bracket is Maryland against Tennessee and Florida against Florida State. Big rivalry one there. So we go back to the first bracket. Uh, Pat, I know you're a big Missouri fan, but uh, Davenport's got to come out of that one, right? Yeah, Davenport will come out of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Missouri beat Wisconsin. Missouri is a bunch completely player-coached, but they have some fantastic players on that team. Um, and Even Dave Sitton, who played those guys down in uh, Vegas a year ago, will tell you that he's got some forwards that he wishes he could steal. But yeah, Davenport's coming out of there. Anything else would be absolutely mind-boggling. Bruce, we're looking at Dartmouth against Shippensburg, Stony Brook against Northeastern. Those are the guys that are around from your area. I know Northeastern had a really solid year this year, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time betting against Dartmouth at this point. Yeah, I mean, Dartmouth's been there. I, I will say that I'm friends with the Stony Brook coach, Daniel Russo, and, and he's a great guy. But I will go with Dartmouth and that they have been there and they've been – They've been been winning games. the 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 biggest problem with Dartmouth, in in my mind, is that they haven't played much outside the Ivy League, and therefore haven't necessarily been tested. They did they did go down and play the Cayman Islands. They did beat the Cayman Islands, but yes, they haven't been tested that much. Dartmouth Dartmouth has one of my favorite players in college rugby right now, which is Nate Brakeley, who's a, a lock forward. He's he's kind of a big lumbering guy, and um, I actually dislocated my shoulder trying to hold a, a tape recorder up to up high enough for him to be able to speak into because he's about nine feet tall. But uh, he's one of those guys you look at him and you don't think he really looks all that fast. You don't think he looks all that athletic, but he gets the job done and he actually covers a lot of ground. I really like him. He's an All American. He deserves to be. He's he's a he's a good player and really very central to their efforts there. So I, I kind of like Dartmouth, uh, but uh, open to suggestion, Pat. Uh, there's, I mean, Stony Brook and Northeastern is an intriguing game. I think it'll be, you know, I would love to actually watch it. I think both of those are very gritty, tough teams, um, but neither one of them can beat Dartmouth and Shippensburg can't beat um, probably any of the other 15 teams in the, in the sweet 16. So I think that uh, it, the Stony Brook Northeastern gains a toss-up. Dartmouth is going to walk over both of them. 
the most fun bracket for me, Oregon State plays UC Santa Barbara. So that's uh, that's um, the the consummate prop coach in Mark Weber against Kevin Battle and his kind of uh, high flying uh, and high swimming, as you'll. Uh, read about in Rugby Magazine, uh, Santa Barbara team. And then San Diego State, coached by Matt Hawkins against Santa Clara, who uh, managed to persuade Paul Keeler to come down from San Francisco Golden Gate to help coach them. Um, and and they turned around and, and got themselves in that large bid. It's I don't know. I think this is kind of a pick em. Yeah, I, I agree. This is the most intriguing bracket. I mean, these two on the right, if you're looking at the bracket, are definitely the most intriguing compared to the other two. Um, Oregon State, it's tough for me to give them much of a chance, but they've beaten the living crap out of everybody they played in the in Northwest, it seems like, and they deserve uh, due credit. Uh, UCSB is good. I don't. I think the field's much tougher this year, and I think that they would be hard-pressed to get back to, to finishing runner-up again. San Diego State uh, beat UCSB soundly the last time they played, um, and so I think that they're one of, if not the favorite to uh, come out of that you know, the right side of the bracket and Santa Clara. I have, no, I have no idea what to guess from these guys. Northern Cal rugby is obviously really good. Paul killer uh, coming down and helping coach along with uh, Joni Nikika is only going to be a big bonus. And I'm sure that they're going to be very well organized and be a good squad. Um, so it's very intriguing it's, to me. It's two question marks, Oregon state and Santa Clara and uh, San Diego state and UCSB. I feel like the Aztecs though would be, have to be my pick to come out of this bracket. Uh, Mark Weber's been around, at it for a long time. I mean, he's got to be 25 years into this in, on the low end. And you know, I, another, again, I, I, I can't say I know, but I'll, uh, I'll give my, I'll give my toss up and go, I'll go Santa Clara on a just completely for no apparent reason, except that I know that they, they're trying to get themselves back into where they were in the, in the eighties, which was a pretty good side. And 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 they're trying to go varsity and they're trying to get their act together. So I'm going to go Santa Clara. You know, Ryan Falvey is the the hooker on that team and uh, a smart guy and, and good player on them. Uh, I I like Oregon State and and one of the things we talked about getting tough games and trying to branch out. Oregon State did uh, tour New Zealand during the World Cup. Kept running into those guys. Uh, their league in the Northwest includes uh, University of British Columbia and Simon Fraser. Now we know it's not the UBC first side; it's it's kind of their second slash third side, but uh, it's still a very good team. And and Oregon State beat UBC, uh, and the score was seventeen fifteen. But they beat them, and Oregon State beat everybody. And 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 so I kind of look at that, and I'm almost more gratified to see them win 17-15 than I am if they won 45 to nothing, because then it shows that they battled through a game that they actually didn't even have to win, because even if they had lost to UBC, yes, they would have finished second in the Northwest, but they still would have had the number one seed going into the playoffs from the Northwest because UBC is a Canadian team. Uh, so it just seems to me that they've really shown sort of a longstanding desire to win games. And I think, yeah, you play to win the game. I think that that may be just enough. Uh, in our fourth bracket, we have Maryland against Tennessee, Florida against Florida State. Um, you know, it, it's it, maybe it's just going on pedigree. Uh, Tennessee usually is the stronger team out of this group, Pat, but uh, we could be surprised here, I think. Or yeah, I Tennessee be. lost to Maryland in the preseason. Uh, it was, I think, Tennessee's first – it was either their first 15 sit out or it was one of the first two weekends – 
um, that they had been playing 15s after going to Nationals and 7s. But they did lose to Maryland in the preseason. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't be a complete and utter shock to see Maryland beat Tennessee. Though I think Tennessee is a much different team now than they were then. Uh, Florida, Florida State, they've played twice already this year. Florida's won both. Um, so they've got to be the favorite to win again. And But Florida State plays them tough. They always play them tough. Um, it's a, it's obviously a big rivalry game, so the the, the spread's got to be much closer on those. But Florida, having already won twice, has to be the favorite. Uh, you know, talking to Maryland's coach Jeff Sokin, uh, they you know, he likes the squad. It's very similar to the squad he had last year, but so is the depth and the lack of depth. So he, if they can squeeze out a win on day one, I I think I can sense some skepticism on his his end if they can win on day two because they. He doesn't know that they have the the depth of quality of players. So this is a tough one to pick, but I would have to go with the SEC on both um, of the of the day one games, Tennessee and Florida. And then uh, it's really on the day, I think, between Tennessee and Florida. They split um, this season. Tennessee won the first meeting. Florida won the second meeting. Florida's got an absolutely massive pack. Um, and if they can get rolling and – get the right calls their way in the breakdown. I think that they could, they could go on. It's tough to make a pick, but I'll, I will pick Florida just because they won the most recent one. All right. Good. I have something to say on that, that playoff uh, matchup uh, in a second, but we'll be right back with it. We got to take a break. We'll be right back on rugby matrix America. Hey, this is Ben Knight with the university of Wisconsin men's rugby team. Come see us play some sevens at the USA sevens collegiate rugby championships in Philadelphia on June 2nd and 3rd. To purchase tickets, go to USA7CRC.com. Go Badgers. Hey fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. So we're back on Rugged Matrix America. I'm Alex Goff. We're talking about college playoffs. We were talking about having depth. And, Pat, you were talking about who has the depth for day two. And it just, you know, it, it bears repeating. Playing two 80-minute playoff games on two consecutive days is barbaric. Somebody I talked to recently talked about it. You know, we're still in the Stone Age. It is ridiculous that we continue to add ask people to do that and I wish there was some other thing that we could do I realize bringing all these teams from all over the country we don't know how good they are we need to put them in some kind of playoff format uh, and not have it take so long that we start the playoffs in mid-March but still two games in two days at the very end of the turn at the very end of the competition is just too much Uh, we go to division two on the men's side and uh this is we're going to sort of condense this one. There are 16 teams. I'm not going to list all 16 teams because there is only one question, and I'm going to pose it to Pat Clifton, and that is, Pat, can anyone even think about being able to beat Lindenwood? No, uh, no. They're going to try. ECU, Salisbury, uh, UW Whitewater, obviously, uh, Sierra, Santa Rosa, and Utah Valley. I threw a lot of names out there. That's probably less than half the field. The only ones that have a prayer in doing so, but even then it's, I think it's going to end up just being just a prayer. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Lindenwood beat everybody by a minimum four try amount in each of these games. They're too good. They got a 25 year old fly half from Australia was in the Brumbies Academy. They've got 
um, a, a number of other uh, foreign players that are fantastic. They've got some, you know, some transfers from Northern Colorado, some of their best players, a bunch of Colorado Springs, fantastic players out of there. They're just too good top to bottom, extreme amount of depth, uh, great coaching. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't see a way for them to, to lose to anybody. Remember, this is a pretty much a, this is a brand new varsity program. And one of the things they did was they just started, they just started throwing a hundred point scores on everybody, just totally crushing them. Uh, they, they keep looking for tough teams to play. They end up playing like the Chicago Lions. They're so desperate for for difficult opposition. They actually managed to lose a couple of games against club teams now. So, so that maybe maybe they feel a little bit like they got that humility that they need to have. But uh, I I don't want to give them a pass on their schedule because I talked to Ron in the fall and obviously he didn't know exactly what he had on his hands versus what kind of teams they're gonna be playing against. But when you start posting up the hundred point scores, they did not go out of their way to schedule anybody all that difficult. I know Davenport. Reached out to him to want to schedule him. Originally, okay. we were on the schedule, and then it got taken off. But I, okay. I really would have liked to see these guys play some tougher competition co- collegiately. That's fair comment. That's fair fair criticism. There are some good teams out there. Uh, I, I Whitewater is probably you know uh, very unlucky to be in the same same bracket as Lindenwood, and probably going to play them in the quarterfinals. Um, Just a note of comparison: Whitewater played Wisconsin in a pre, in a warm up match. It was in the last couple of weeks and lost by about forty. Lindenwood played Missouri, the team that's playing Wisconsin in the Sweet 16, and beat them by 40. So that that should show you. Just a quick note uh, on on the women's uh, playoffs because we we had the the first couple of rounds this past weekend. Uh, we had uh, probably the big upset was Navy scoring three tries in the in the last 14 minutes or so to beat Army, the defending national champions, 25 to 20. We saw Penn State, though, roll through pretty much everybody, and they rolled over Navy. So Navy does their upset and then gets crushed by Penn State. It shows you what Penn State can do. And um, then we saw Brown roll pretty much uh, uncontested. Stanford pushed a little bit by Cal, but Stanford looked good. And women's Cougar Rugby, which is basically BYU, just totally destroy who they were playing. And I and I really like what Tom Walker is doing over there at uh, women's Cougar Rugby. Uh, they've been through a lot. They they sort of persevere through uh, the situation they have there. Um, this could be the year for them. Uh, disappointing to see the Army women not play their game on Sunday. I'm not really sure what the story is behind that, but they didn't play their, their Sunday game. Um, so that's your final four, though. Uh, women's Cougar Rugby, which is by BYU, um, Penn State, Brown, and Stanford. It's it's pretty much the classic group. Uh, I, I don't know who's going to come out of that. Probably Penn State seems to be the strongest, but women's Cougar Rugby could be there too. And then uh, in the Division II, um, Washington State, who've won it before, Norwich, who uh, won the Women's Sevens Championship, remember that, Shippensburg, who've won it before, and Winona State, who haven't won it, and probably the dark horse there. Uh, those are all very good teams. Um, Washington State probably has the best back line and, and very exciting teams. So uh, that's what's coming up there. I, I can't predict that, and I don't, I'm not even going to ask you guys to predict it, but uh, um, uh, it's kind of a toss-up maybe. But, but Pat, you saw Norwich play in the, the women's sevens, and they don't really do much different than uh, in the sevens as they do in the 15s. Then I'm picking Norwich. They get to that. They got yeah, some good go. players. Rosie something <laughs> or other, man. She was a spark plug. I like Norwich. I like Norwich. Bob Weggles up at Norwich. 
I love Bob Wegler, so I like Norwich. Excellent. Well, that's what we've got, and that is just the start of it because we have the Super League gearing up and going into the the, the playoffs. Uh, we've got 32 teams left in uh, Division One uh, club. That's going to be whittled down to 16 eventually, and we'll somehow we'll get our uh, champion. And we want to see what's going on there and see who's good there. Uh, and, and then right after that, we've got a national team – uh, we've got the national team sevens coming up. They're going to have their assembly very soon. Uh, the NFL draft that actually has a, a bearing on what's going on with rugby, and we've got the national team assembly coming up uh, in June, and and it's all around the corner. And don't forget one more thing, everybody. Remember, June second and third, PPL Park in Philadelphia is the USA Sevens Collegiate Rugby Championship Sevens Tournament, uh, which you really need to go. If, you, if you're anywhere near Philadelphia, it is a really great time. you got to go to it. Final words, guys. I spoke to Rich Cortez about collegiate eligibility and coming on the show due to uh, some responses from uh, people on Rugby Mag, and he agreed that he will come on the show and he does want to discuss it, and it's just going to be, it's just going to be a, a matter of time when everything gets finalized. But he is going to come on and discuss what was implemented. He is going to come on and discuss why it was implemented, and he is going to come on and discuss why he feels it is fair. So I think that that's great, and and it'll provide a lot of clarity to to everybody. And I think that college shows are uh, are a probably the highest interest that we have. So that'll be great. Does he, do they have internet in Wyoming so he can join us? He's a Stanford grad. He might be able to create the internet there. Okay. Well, you see, they're so high up. They're actually really close to satellites there. So he just has to go and shout at a satellite and the sound gets beamed down back makes to makes perfect us. sense. I'm a, I'm a central Missouri grad, so, so I believe things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or he just straps little messages on the back of a pronghorn antelope and they can run 80 miles an hour and they come and get us. So <laughs> that's fine. Well, that's perfect. Uh, we, we've we've picked it all. Uh, we know the winners, uh, according to us anyway. And uh, if you come back and hold us to it, we'll deny it all. But we will actually be holding each other to, the, to our little predictions here. We'll come back and check to see if we're even close to right. Uh, for Pat Clifton and for Bruce McLean, this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com. Reminding you, first of all, go to RugbyMatrix.com for the Rugby Matrix International Show. Go to the iTunes store to listen to this, or you can download this from RugbyMag.com. And listen in for the, the coach talk when it comes on, too, because uh, that's a great thing uh, to also keep track of. And we're really happy that you came and listened to us here on Rugby Matrix America.